And so Jesus said to them, whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I'm really sorry that Avery is not here because I know that he is a big Star Trek fan. And I'm about to ask you whether any of you are as well. And if you remember the old opening to the original Star Trek series, or even the new generation, because both of them use more or less the same prologue, either in the voice of Captain Kirk or Captain Picard. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. It's continuing mission. In three sentences, any person on board the Enterprise would have known exactly what the mission of their ship was about. The crew of the Enterprise knew what they were doing, even if all they were doing was tightening nuts and bolts or programming a computer or helping somebody with an accident. If you were to ask them, what are you doing on this ship? They could give you that bigger mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, and to boldly go where no one has gone before. That's what their mission was. So what is our mission? What is the mission of the church of Jesus Christ? Now, I don't mean your individual vocational missions. You all have those. You are husbands or fathers or sons or mothers or aunts or nieces or cousins or workers or students or any of a number of things the Lord has given you to do, which are your vocations. God has given you to do those things that you might do them well and be of service to your neighbor. But what is the church's mission? The church, the body of Christ in its entirety. What does it look like? Well, today I want to look at our gospel lesson in particular and ask, what are we doing when we're out in our strange world, our final frontier? What is the work of the Lutheran Church of the Ascension? And what does our church's continuing mission look like? The 72 are an interesting group. They are only mentioned in Luke's gospel. We have a lot of discussion about the 12 in the other three, and we hear about the 12 in the Acts of the Apostles. Judas takes them down to 11. Matthias takes them back up to 12. But in Luke, we get these 72 elders people who are sent out two by two. And the first thing that they were to do in their continuing mission in the world was to embody peace, to actually be peace in and of themselves. Jesus says, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Could there be anything more peaceful than a lamb? Who doesn't love lambs? Lambs are like one of the most common stuffed animals after teddy bears. Very few people snuggle up with a stuffed scorpion or a cobra. 
or oh, I want you to see my my brand new my brand new stuffed tarantula. Isn't he so cute? But lambs, everybody loves lambs. We have lambs in petting zoos. We like taking pictures of kids with lambs. We decorate our Easter cards with lambs because lambs are a symbol of peace. They're disarming. They are no threat. Nobody looks at a lamb and says, oh. you don't go on YouTube and see pictures of people being stampeded in national parks by lambs or gored by lambs. Yes, the world is full of wolves, but we are not ones of them. These 72 also had peace in their hearts. They didn't just embody peace, but they had to fully trust in God that whatever came to pass, they would be looked after. So Jesus gives them a rather unusual commandment. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, no Samsung pay, no debit card, no credit card, no traveler's checks, nothing. No weapons to protect yourself on the road from either bandits or from the aforementioned wolves and wild animals. They had to be able to demonstrate in their hearts that they were at peace with this mission they had been sent on. And when they showed up in a village, these lambs of God with no purses and no wallets and not even a stick to fend off a wild animal, were to bring peace. The first thing they were to say when they walked into a house was our deaconess's favorite greeting line. Shalom. Shalom. Peace. Peace be to this house. Shalom means wholeness. It means things are going to be okay. It is actually far stronger than Saba bien much more worthy of a rainbow on your window. And not only were they to say the word, but they were to bring peace too. Heal the sick in the town and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near. Or you could even translate it, the kingdom of God has come among you. It's so close that you can almost see it. So close that you can almost smell it or taste it or touch it. So they came to announce peace, but also to bring shalom. And it's hard to have shalom when your body is sick, when you've got aches and pains, when you're running a fever, when nothing seems to be well. That's why we call being sick having a dis-ease. The opposite of dis-ease is ease. Everything's easy. Stand at ease. Of course, when they came into a house and brought peace, it didn't always stay there. Jesus did say, if the son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. And then you can remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide. I've been here seven years as of this Sunday. It's my seventh year at Ascension of eating and drinking with you in this same house. Kind of like one of those elders. But Jesus also warned them that there are going to be houses with no peace. Houses that do not want shalom. They don't want to be at ease. They are perfectly happy with their dis-ease. And Jesus says, if the son of peace is not there, peace will return to you. Like a boomerang. 
Shalom. Oh, yeah? You got a problem with that, as they say in Jersey? And if that happens, Jesus says, you're going to take out your knapsack and you're going to beat them over the head until they want your peace, right? They can't do that. Why? Because they don't have a knapsack. Maybe you whack them upside the head with the shepherd's crook that you brought with you to fend off all of the foxes and wolves on the road. No, can't do that either. Why? Because you have no shepherd's crook. You've come amongst them as a lamb. And so the only thing you can do is give everything back to them. Shake the dust off your feet. Reminds me of when I was a Boy Scout. We were told that when we left our campsites, we should leave nothing but footprints. Even the sand we should leave at the campsite. Shake it off your sandals and leave it there. That was their mission. Their continuing mission for as long as Jesus wanted them to go out into those villages. Their mission was to embody peace, to have peace, to share peace, to bring peace. The peace of Christ the peace of Jesus and of the kingdom of God to those villages. Now, things are not quite the same for us as they were for the 72. We have peace in our hearts, but we also have an awful lot of trouble in the world. At the very end of Luke's gospel, Jesus speaks to the very same people that he's been sending out with no knapsack, no purse, no stick. And he says to them, when I sent you out with no money bag or knapsack or sandals, did you lack anything? And they said, nothing. And he said to them, but now let the one who has a money bag take it. And likewise, a knapsack. And let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one. For I tell you that this scripture must be fulfilled in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors. For what is written about me has its fulfillment. Is Jesus calling on them to turn into an army? No. We know that because when they go to him and say, look, Lord, we have two swords, Jesus says to them, it's enough. We're not going on an insurrection here. But you're going to find now that when the church goes about its mission, sometimes the scorpions sting. Sometimes the serpents bite. Sometimes the wolves take a chunk out of the lambs. And so you need to be prepared. The world will no longer be told to kind of leave you alone. And when I mean the world, I mean creation itself. Our yards, Christian yards, good God-fearing yards, still have dandelions in them. What's up with that? Shouldn't you be able to see every Christian and go down the road and say, oh, look at their lawn, it's so beautiful. They must be a Christian. Jesus says, that's not going to happen anymore. You're going to need some protection. But a sword's enough. And when we bring peace, when we come to announce shalom to a house, it isn't always accompanied with miracles. I wish it were so. I dearly, dearly wish after 19 years of ministry that somehow I were conferred the ability to walk into a hospital room, lay hands on any one of you, and you would be immediately cured. Cancer immediately gone. Wounds immediately closed. Limbs immediately restored. Sight immediately given back. But it's not happening. 
And that's okay. Jesus says you can announce peace without necessarily bringing those kinds of miracles because there are other diseases of the mind and the soul and the body that still need to be healed. And in some ways, they're so much harder and they're so much deeper. And nonetheless, Jesus says, I call on you as the church to be about the mission of bringing that different kind of healing. Healing to spirit, healing to mind. We talked during the catechism lesson about the way words have been used to turn us against one another, to speak lies instead of truth, to create chaos instead of order. We are those who will continue to speak words of peace, words that bring reconciliation. We have been given, Paul says, the ministry of reconciliation in Jesus Christ, that we might announce to all people that if God has reconciled us to himself in the cross of Jesus Christ, then what is to prevent us from being reconciled to one another? What grudge could you possibly hold that would outweigh what grudge God could have held against us? and chose not to for the sake of the blood of his one and only son. Healing was the sign of peace for the 72. And healing can continue to be the sign of peace in the things we say and do as the church about mission. And that is the church's mission. Even today, it is a mission of peace. Shalom. Reconciliation, righteousness, announcing to people that the old has gone, the new has come. We continue to be ones who embody peace. You and I are sons and daughters of peace. We often call ourselves sons and daughters of God, and that is right and it is good because in our baptisms, that is who we are. We call ourselves brothers and sisters of one another, but also we can call ourselves sons and daughters of peace. It is who we have been made to be in the blood of Jesus Christ in our baptism. The gospel is that we have peace with God. It is no accident that the gospel is called the good news. What could be better news than having peace? What could there be that would be better than knowing that you are at peace? Guilt taken away, conscience is cleared, absolutely no reason why you cannot stand up boldly beside Jesus' side on the last day and say, he who is my brother has redeemed and saved me. No one can speak a word against me now. And in fact, that's precisely what Jesus says makes us sons and daughters of peace. Not that we're able to zap scorpions with our laser eyes or somehow able to miraculously cure everybody or somehow able to make all the troubles of the world go away with the magic wand. Jesus even told the 72, do not rejoice in those things which are sort of happening for you right now, but you can rejoice in the same thing they did. That your names are written in the presence of God. That's what it means to have your name written in heaven. It means that God knows your name. The one who has created you, knows you, counts the hairs on your head, and nothing happens to you without his awareness. Even our deaths are precious in the sight of the Lord, and he will restore us on the last day. And as those who embody peace, we are continuing to be the ones who bring peace. 
peace be to this house. That would be a neat greeting to give to each other. Might sound a little bit weird at first. I know we're used to hello or bonjour, hi, or ni hao. But there's nothing wrong with saying peace be to this house. May this house be at peace. May there be no disease in this place. Because real peace can come when you know the rule of God is among you. We can bring peace because Jesus has given us peace and we can share that same peace with others. And yes, there are times we receive that peace back. There are people in this world who don't want peace. There are people in this world who don't want order. Sons and daughters of chaos, of war, of destruction. They're there. It's like that famous line from the second of the Batman trilogy, where Batman is trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do with this Joker guy. How do I get through to him? What leverage can I find over him? And his faithful servant and helper, Alfred, finally says, Master Bruce, there are some people that just want to see the world burn. And what do we do in that case? Do we pull out our swords? Do we beat them over the head? Do we say, like the disciples did last week, Lord, should we call down lightning from heaven to destroy them? No. Jesus says, shake the dust from your feet. Say, everything that is yours remains with you. I don't even take the sand from the ground of your home. But know that what else I take with me is the peace of Jesus, which could have been yours, which was so close to you, and that we hope maybe someday you will repent and receive again. This is the mission of Ascension Lutheran Church, to go out into this very strange world, filled with wolves and those who are yet to be lambs, to bring them the civilization that is the rule of God, and to boldly proclaim the peace that they have not heard of before. In the name of Jesus Christ, who brings us peace, amen.